Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Internet of Things with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to shake up the status quo in your company's future with totally new sources of information that will change the way you run your business. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Yes, indeed. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you're absolutely in the right place because this is where the best run. But there's a key word in that mantra that's part of our show today, the word where. Let me tell you what's going on here. Okay, what's the buzz on the street? I found an interesting quote at ehjournal.biomedcentral.com. Ignore that. Let me tell you what it says. 80% of the 2.5 exabytes, that's 2 billion, I think it's billion, 2.5 billion gigabytes of big data generated every day is geographic. So if you put the word where, which I just spotlighted for you, and geographic together, this is what we're going to talk about today. The discovery of spatial insights for your business starts with the where questions. If you're in any kind of a product company, uh, industry. Where are my trucks? Where are my customers located? How do I get the trucks to the customers? Where or where should I put my distribution center? So it makes it efficient to truck or ship or fly whatever it is to wherever it has to go. But now in the world of integrated spatial insights. We have artificial intelligence, we have Internet of Things, and we're putting it all together with business and live data. And what's happening? We're allowing intelligent enterprises to answer questions that are deeper, more interesting, and really much bigger than just the where of the truck, of the customer, of the warehouse. So think about this. You get a weather forecast, stormy weather coming. Wouldn't you like to know where is the storm going to hit? Is it going to hit where I am, where my warehouses are, where my customers are? What is the impact? What resources can I marshal and deploy from where to help prepare for this? What about the soil quality and the weather conditions if you're in the crop business? Where is what going to happen? So there are much deeper questions when you integrate spatial insights. It's a huge topic. We're officially calling this episode Spatial Intelligence Unlocking our power, and we made it our because it's yours and mine. So, welcome again. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Happy to be here. We have three very, very smart people to help us unpack this topic. It may be new for a lot of you what we're talking about, or it may be something you've heard about before. Stick around. We're going to help you figure it out and how it can help your business. So, in a moment, I'll be introducing Bernd, and I'm going to pronounce his last name Fastenrath, and it's F A S T E N R A T H. He's a senior manager of strategic partners. Partnerships for here, H-E-R-E Technologies, and we've had some of his colleagues on these shows before. Welcome to Bird. Joining him, another newcomer, Dan Exley, spells his last name E-X-L-E-Y, Senior VP and Chief Client Officer for Spatialytics. Very interesting company name, and he'll tell us what they do. And then rounding out the panel is Francisco Urbita, and he told me that I can call him Cisco. So that's what we're going to call him for the rest of the show. And he's the National Manager for Alliances at ESRI Australia, E-S-R-I, and we've had some of his colleagues on our Game Changer shows before. So welcome to my three very, very smart panelists. I'm counting on all of you. Now, let's go around to Bernd. And Bernd has sent us a quote, an opening quote from Lao Tzu or Lao Tzu. The name is spelled many different ways. Chinese meaning old master, lived from approximately 601 B.C. to 531 B.C. They counted the other way in those days. He was portrayed as the 6th century B.C. contemporary of Confucius. Let's just leave it there. Here's the quote. A journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. Bernd, welcome to Game Changers. How are you? Hello, Bonnie. Thank you for having me. I'm very fine. Good. Um, enjoying the evening in Europe. Good. We're going to find out in a few minutes where you are. Don't tell us yet. Save it for the where are you segment of the show. Bernd, talk to me about this quote. We're talking about spatial intelligence, spatial analytics, something called GIS, and you're quoting somebody from back in the 601 BC era. How does this quote relate to our topic today, please? I think there are several ways how this relates to the topic. Um, I mean, spatial analytics has a lot to do with map making. Uh, I think the, the the old Chinese were very good at that. Um, also, when you think about maritime maps, but also uh, when you have a map, you start a journey. And uh, today, I think we're all starting a journey called digital transformation. 
And these are all long, long journeys, but uh, they all start with uh, the first step, the first project. And uh, the, the way you opened it, most of the journeys have this where question. Where mm-hmm. do we go? Uh, what do we want to deliver to our end customers? And uh, how do we go there? So it relates, relates all back to the map and the first step. Very, very interesting. It, it seems so simple when you say it that way, Bernd. A single step, a single idea for a company, right? Or a product or a service. And who do we put on our team and where do we go? And then we get into this great big thing. Do you think most companies are aware of the importance of spatial analytics right now, regardless of where their home base is, that this is something that could benefit them? Or are the listeners today, is this breaking news for them? Brand new. What do you think? I think a lot of people understand the the meaning of of GIS or spatial analytics, but very little really deployed today. I mean, we all sit in a car and we use a navigation system, uh, and maybe some of us are working in the logistics industry uh, where we need to bring a truck from A to B, um, but there's way more use cases to it from uh, understanding my audience in marketing uh, to deploying emergency services. Um, and and all, in all these cases, I think we just start the journey of making use of spatial analytics. Thank you very much, Bern. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. I'm looking forward to a lot more from you. And let's move slightly around the table to our next panelist, Dan Exley at Spatialytics. Can't wait for the part of the up-close-and-personal show where you tell us how your company was named, Dan. I want to hear that. Dan has sent us a quote from Simon Sinek, Simon Oliver Sinek, still with us, born in 1973, British-American author, motivational speaker, organizational consultant. He is the author of five books, including Start With Why, W-H-Y, from 2009, and his latest book, I understand, is 2019, this year, The Infinite Game. Interesting. Here is the quote. When we help ourselves, we find moments of happiness. When we help others, we find lasting fulfillment. Dan Exley, welcome to Game Changers. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you for having me. Delighted to have you. Talk to me about this quote. It's very deep. How are we finding lasting fulfillment with spatial analytics? I want to hear this. Well, the the areas of industry that Spatialytics is working with today are those which bring assistance to society, whether it's healthcare providers, physicians, and care team members out in the communities, or uh, public safety agencies at schools, or police departments, or fire, or utilities agencies that are bringing vital uh, resources right to the, the doorstep or the tap or the outlet. Um, we're helping those organizations help others, and that's aligned with my decades in the healthcare industry, much of it in healthcare IT, um, really looking to see how do we not just build a better widget, but how might one or maybe many individuals benefit from the work that I and my teams do, and uh, that's, that's very fulfilling and a lot of fun for us, too. Thank you very much. Very, it sounds very interesting. So there were broad applications for this. What I was talking about, Dan, in my opening was sounded like it was logistical from the standpoint of how do I get my product to a person, to a market. Am I right? You're, you're talking about a bigger, more of a, uh, a social, cultural, lifestyle, uh, society type of, a, of an application. Am I right? Well, it, it, the, the, the goods of a, of a healthcare system, for example, are often care delivery. Maybe it's a, an equipment, a piece of equipment that helps like a crutch, but oftentimes it's the delivery of professional services. Um, but we know that there's limited resources out there. There are only so many physical therapists that are going to be driving around a community today. Uh, there are only so many health, home health nurses mm-hmm. that can get out there. Who should they be <coughs> seeing this week? Yeah. Who should they see on Monday instead of on Friday? How do we do it in a way yeah. that's making the best use of our resources and also in a way that's engaging and delightful to the patient, who's not just a patient. They're a human. Yeah. They're a customer. They're a consumer. They're a community member. And Spatial helps us optimize how health systems, among other organizations, provide those services. In many ways, it's similar to what we do in other industries, but there's a human element to it. 
I, I like that. I'm glad you brought that up. We try to always bring in that human aspect, even when we're talking about change management, digital transformation, is who is the, the end user. We, we just did a show this morning, Dan, on uh, do intelligent technologies make an enterprise intelligent? And we're talking about digital transformation, and we're talking about who is aware of what they need to do and how long will companies survive. And then we brought up the idea that Somebody said, what about intelligent technologies for social listening to find out what the people you want to serve really need and want? And we brought that human element in, and it it made it, it just brought it to life. So thank you for bringing that up. Looking forward to a lot more from you. And now one more stop around the table to Cisco Urbina. If you're looking for him, his full name is Francisco, last name U-R-B-I-N-A at Esri Australia. And he has sent us a quote we think is from Oscar Wilde. We're not sure, but we're going to go with that. It had a lot of attribution, Cisco, when I looked it up, but I'm going with one of my favorites. <laughs> Oscar Fingal O'Flaherty Wills Wilde, 1854 to 1900, Irish poet and playwright became one of London's most popular playwrights in the early 1890s. He wrote The Picture of Dorian Gray. He wrote The Importance of Being Earnest and The Ballad of Reading Jail. Long story, jail is G-A-O-L in 1898, commemorating his life in prison. He did die destitute in Paris at age 46. Quite an interesting character. But here is the quote from Oscar Wilde. We're going with this one. Everything in moderation, including moderation. That's a little bit of a, a twist there, Cisco. Welcome to Game Changers. How are you? I'm well, and thank you to yourself, and hi to all the panelists, my colleagues, and also the audience. Thank you for having me. You're delighted. Talk to me about this quote. I love it. I use it as a, a bit of a personal mantra to always be disciplined and focused, you know, go to the gym, eat the right foods, do the right things. But every now and then you need to cut loose or to relax and chill out and just maybe play the extremes a bit and look at life a little bit different. It's always good to just flush the, the brain and, and look at, you know, try and get out of the routine. And I, and I think it actually has quite a broad application to enterprises and this digital transformation because you can't transform your business if you run your business the way you have for the last decade. Um, and you need to start thinking um, and start removing yourself from moderation and business as usual operations and start driving forward to that transformation and maybe have that break from the, from the daily routines. Interesting. Very, very interesting. So would you say, as you're, let, let's bring this a little bit more specifically into the realm of spatial intelligence, spatial analytics, GIS. Is this something a company would you advise to embrace quickly, like, wow, it's new, it's exciting, we have to get on board? Or sample it, try it in one area, incubate it, if you will, and then say, hey, how else can we apply it intelligently to the rest of our business? What's your thought on that, Cisco? One of my most favorite moments in my professional daily life is when I see that little light globe go off on top of somebody's head when they start seeing their business information on a map. And maps don't necessarily provide you with a direct answer, but they teach you to ask better questions. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, that's when people start making, start making bigger leaps and start jumping forward and start saying, we need to do this, we need to, make, we need to change the way we do our work. It's a cultural change, not just a technology change. And if we don't address the cultural element and the way that we, because this is the way we did it, type response, or we always has done it, we have always done it this way, we, we can't actually make those giant leaps and start moving beyond moderation. And that's the part that I, I think, you know, we've got to get those initial proof points or use cases correct, mm-hmm. show it to the business, and then those viral impacts, those little light globes start pinging, and we start getting lots of um, uh, really excited people. And that's my, the, the funnest part of my job when that luck globe goes off and people go, wow, I never thought of my information in this way. 
I like that. I like when you said it's the funnest part of your job. I like people who have the funnest part of their job. Haven't heard that in a while, and I love it. Thank you, Cisco. Pleasure to meet you. Now it's time for a little up close and personal with our panelists. You've already heard how smart they are and the great quotes they chose for the opening, and a little bit about how the quotes relate to our topic today, which is spatial intelligence unlocking our power. So let's go around back around the table to Bern Foster Groth at Here Technologies. Bern, I have three simple questions for you. Number one, where in the world are you today? Number two, what's your favorite drink? What powers you, makes you smile, and makes you feel so ready to be smart all day long? And number three, tell us what you do at Here Technologies and a little bit about what the company does. Go ahead, Bern. Yes, I am uh, located in Berlin, and uh, I'm having a wonderful Italian Negroni in front of me, like a, a very simple drink to start the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, or start the day, start into the evening, and um, I am uh, responsible at uh, at Here Technologies for our strategic partnership with SAP, and also bringing spatial analytics because that is what Here Technology does um, all around map making and building a digital representation of our real world, so that I can ask all of these questions from an um, IT perspective. Uh, bringing this into the the world of the SAP customers. Thank you very much. Very pleased to have you on board. And now let's go to Dan Exley. Dan, save three questions. Where are you in the world today? What's your favorite drink? And tell us about Spatialytics and your role, please. I'm located in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, I have in front of me one of my favorites, a bourbon barrel-aged Nicaragua coffee from modern times in San Diego. They started brewing beer, and then they realized they want to put some coffee in their beer, and then all of a sudden they had a whole new business of making coffee, and they put the green coffee beans into barrels of old wine or port or bourbon, wow. and then after it's aged in there, then they roast it, so you get no alcohol, but these flavor profiles that are really fun, and I'm a coffee nerd. I'm also a music snob, so it fits right in there. Well, tell, um, wait a minute. Hold on, hold on. Tell I, me about your music snob. What kind of music are you a snob about? Backwards, I said that, inside oh out. Go ahead. Hmm? Good music, of course. Of course, but what, what genre? What do you myself, love? Uh, I, really, I find value and I love music of all styles as long as it's done with excellence. And that ranges from jazz to folk to hard rock. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a vinyl record collection and I Ooh. turn up the tube amplifier and play things that are fifth-year-old recordings from blues musicians on Checker here in Chicago through to the, the latest heavy metal band that came out last month, as long as I judge them to be worthy of spinning on that turntable. Fantastic. I still have a, fir- a turntable. I, I moved it here with me from New York to Durham, North Carolina. I haven't plugged the damn thing in in probably 25 years, but maybe I'll have the nerve. And I still have a collection of vinyl, including some old Dave Brubeck albums. And uh, I oh, think yeah. I have some Earth, Wind, and Fire and The Fifth Dimension. And I might have a couple of old Beatles vinyls. And Oh, yeah, I brought quite a few with me. And they're just sitting in a sitting in the bottom of a closet somewhere. Maybe you'll inspire right, cool. me. Bonnie, I, I encourage you to do so. And if you decide that you just can't pull the trigger on re-engaging that part of your life, let me know. And when I'm down in North Carolina next time, I'll come by and take those records off your hand. I'm sure we can. <laughs> we'll have to fight over that. Thank you very much. Dan, Spatialytics. Oh, I, I love yeah, the name of the I'm company. Just, what does the name mean? Thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, it's uh, a portmanteau of uh, the Spatial Analytics uh, you know, n- never use a, a word to define itself, as they say. And yet, as you point out, it does make a good company name. Yeah. Uh, we, uh, it, we were created exclusively to bring cloud-based software to enterprises to help them enable business transformation. Uh, as was said just a moment ago uh, by Bernd, um, there are so many organizations that... Um, or maybe it was Cisco, I apologize. There's so many organizations that, have, that, that get it as an individual. They use a GPS to route their car and mm-hmm. any number of other things. But within their own company, small or large business, they still aren't taking advantage of spatial. And we built this company uh, to help unlock new value within existing business operations and help their customers, quite honestly. They can get, make it easier for them to access their services. Uh, I'm Chief Client Officer. 
Uh, I have responsibility from everything from uh, sales through to our partnerships and alliances with companies like Esri and with here, um, uh, but uh, also responsible for product management. So as I'm hearing from our customers and community members about what is important and helps them reach that next level, uh, make sure that our product managers are defining that that's what comes out of the pipe next and that there's a new feature in the product set. Thank you very much, Dave. Pleasure to get to know you. I, there's something about that company name. It just kind of grabs you. It just You want to put it in a crossword puzzle somewhere and define I don't know. It's really cool. Thank you very much. And let's move around. One more stop to Cisco Urbina at ESRI Australia. And Cisco, we'd love to know the same three things. Where in the world are you calling us from or where do we call you today? What kind of drink is your favorite in your cup, in, your, in the flute, in the goblet, in the, the mug, whatever you're using? And tell us what you do at ESRI, please. I, could, um, I am located at love.maps.search. Now, that's a what three-word address. And so that's a very interesting uh, uh, method for locating things on the planet where things don't have normal gazetted addresses. Um, and if you type that into a website called what three words, you'll find that I'm located in Sydney, Australia. Um, so yeah, that's my local three-word address. I've I've never seen that. I'm there right now. It's what, W-H-A-T, the numeral three, and the word words, W-H-A-T, number three, W-O-R-D-S dot com. And what am I supposed to do? I have to get the app, but what am I supposed to do? Put in the three words for, what did you say, love, search, what was it? Love dot maps dot search. Okay, very interesting. And that will take you. And I'll put you directly onto my property without knowing that I'm located at 52 Anderson Street, Alexandria. (laughs) You're adorable. I'm sorry. I've never said that on the radio before. I've got it. I've got your street. I'm looking at the map. Dang, that's great. I'm sorry. Go ahead, please. Continue. This is fun. Yes. Yeah, it is. And, you know, that that system is quite interesting because it's used by, say, Mongolian Post to deliver things to nomadic tribes. It's also used in the favelas in Brazil for delivery of goods from Amazon, um, but it's also kind of solves that last mile of deliveries in terms of where the entrance is to a house or to an industrial estate, that type of stuff. It's quite interesting, that website. I love it because it's uh, particularly geo-geek. I am your friendly neighborhood geo-geek in this conversation. Okay. Um, what I have in my cup, uh, this time of the morning in Australia, it is a Vicolo. Uh, which is a, uh, a mixture of an Italian cola called Cinotto, which is actually a slightly bitter, with a double shot of espresso and a slice of orange served cold with ice. Very cool. Very cool. Sounds, very, sounds very delicious, actually. It is. It's, on a hot day, it is very, very nice. Highly recommended. Easy to make. Um, and, yeah, it is a... Uh, it's that kick going that you need at this time of the morning in Sydney. Very nice. And tell me something. What is what? Tell me what's new with Esri because Esri has been on the show before. Oh, it has indeed. Um, and I've been with Esri for oh, close to twenty years, and I have seen the technology. And I was a I'm an environmental geographer by trade, and I use the tools to do my environmental impact statements and do analysis. But what I've re- um, what's been really exciting is to watch how that democratization of those spatial analytics within the within te- um, the, the broader enterprise technology has been so much fun um, and really getting the hands of the stuff that I know that I learned at university into the hands of everybody on a web browser, on a mobile device. Um, and that's what's been the, the fun journey, taking things from a desktop professional mm-hmm. narrow um, field into something that people can use on any device, anytime, anywhere within their business process without knowing what GIS is um, and just getting huge value from that. That's been great fun. 
Very cool. Thank you for that description. And I'm trying to remember who was on from ESRI before. I'll, I'll remember it before the end of the show. Thank you, Cisco. Thank you to my panelists. I, I am in here in North, Durham, North Carolina. As I like to say, I don't know what season it is. I think it's spring because it's still April, but we have a 40, sometimes 45 degree spread from morning till afternoon and then even more of a spread going back down toward nighttime temperatures. So I think we're tipping up toward 90 today, but we might have started out in the high 40s this morning. It's it's really hard to know whether to push the automatic or air conditioning or the heat or to just leave the damn thing off and just just live with whatever temperature is in the house. You simply never know. I'm not allowed to have caffeine on radio show days, and I think you all know why. So all I have here is a cool, clear cup of cool, clear water just to wet my whistle while I'm having such a good time speaking to our three panelists. Today, if you're just tuning in, this is Internet of Things with Game Changers Radio. This is one of our longest-running series in the Game Changers family. We have moved from our old Thursday morning spot to here Wednesday afternoon, 2 p.m. Eastern this year, uh, and we are talking today about spatial intelligence. If you want, if your business is asking, where is this? Where is that? How do we get from point A to point B? If you're in the service business and you need to get services and people to other people, healthcare or otherwise, this is what you need to embrace and understand, unlocking your power, the power of your customers, the power of your company, the power of the world. Speaking today with Bern Fastuglath from HERE Technologies, that's spelled all caps, H-E-R-E, Dan Exley, E-X-L-E-Y, it's Spatialytics, S-P-A-T-I-A-L-I-T-I-C-S, and Cisco Urbina at ESRI, Australia, E-S-R-I. We're going to take a quick break, so don't you dare even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. I promise we'll be back in 90 seconds. Aaron out. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The pace of innovation is moving faster than ever, and the future of business will be defined by how quickly business leaders adapt to accelerated ongoing change. Insights from totally new sources of data, sensors that capture and share what is happening in your business environment, and the tools to understand it and act on it. These are shaping the definition of future success. Join our experts as they analyze and discuss how business leaders can shape the future of change. Internet of Things with Game Changers is presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. listening to Internet of Things with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Internet of Things with Game Changers. Yes, indeed. Welcome back. We're talking about spatial intelligence, unlocking our power. And uh, Cisco Urbina is one of our panelists. I have breaking news here from Sharon Ohm at SAP. She spells her last name O-M. She's listening. Thank you, Sharon. And she told me to tell you and tell our listeners, Cisco, that the other panelists from ESRI before were Leandro Rodriguez, Doug Carroll, 
and Steve Benner, who is now retired from ESRI. So those were our three ESRI panelists, I think it was a year or two ago. So in case you know them, you can give them a shout-out and tell them hello from me, Cisco. We're speaking with Bern Fast and Glass at Here Technologies, Dan Exley at Spatial Linux, and Cisco Urbina at ESRI Australia. And now it's time for our real roundtable where we take a deep dive into the topic. We're going to start with Bern at Here Technologies, and here's what he told me in his notes before the show. I'll read the statement, and then Bert will deep dive into it, and then we will invite Dan and Cisco to chime in with whether they agree or disagree. So here's the, the comment. Contextual location data is the next frontier across industries. It is the glue bringing insights to a company's own data sources. Bern, please tell us more. Yes, um in in a company's uh, data set, you normally have today timestamps uh, when the data has been generated. You have a description of the data set. Let's say you are uh, a fleet company, then you have the amount of trucks uh, somewhere written. You have the uh, the end customer, the delivery point written. Yeah, but you, in order to make an understanding out of it yeah, and uh, have a, a proper asset utilization, you need to understand the context of location. Um, the same if you think about a smart city. Yeah? The city knows somewhere in the data that it has 5,000 light poles and 250 traffic lights, but if you don't have the location context to it, meaning knowing where these light poles are, where the traffic lights are, you cannot start making a proper um, like uh, repair management. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Um, so all of the data only gets gets to be used if you can plot it on on a map and if you can enhance it with other location relevant data, be it weather or what what you stated earlier, um, uh, traffic information that is also uh, location data. When is the best time to to go there and do a maintenance job? Um, yeah, how many maintenance jobs can I do within one day? Um, all, all of these kind of questions are location-based questions, and uh, that, that's why I'm saying location is the glue for all kind of other data sets because it brings the meaning and it makes these other data sets uh, comparable with each other and put into use. Thank you very much, Bert. Very, very interesting. This is very important information for companies to understand how it can augment what you already have. Dan Exley at Spatialytics, please chime in. Agree or disagree? Do you want to add something to what Bert just shared with us, please? Well, I agree with Bert. I think that um, location reveals relationships between data sets that otherwise may seem independent and unrelated. Uh, as he was saying, you the data is new, the data is old, this data is about um, my assets, that data is about my shipping invoices, what might they have in common? There are the obvious mm-hmm. things, like customers order a particular product, I've got a, a, a product item number for that. But there's all this other data that's within an organization, and they have not yet realized that linking location and relationships of location um, can really unlock next-level benefits. And uh, we've seen examples... Um, in every industry and almost in every segment of every industry um, where that is the case, whether it's distribution or manufacturing or utilities, um, whether it's the front of the house or the back of the house, if they've yet to say, let's put our data together, look at how it relates spatially, let's look at our business processes and see how things are siloed or separate and how now when we start to connect them with the glue of location, as he said, um, mm-hmm. new insights immediately come to play. That, that light globe, as was mentioned before uh, by Bernd, um, really um, is, is tremendous. Thank you very much. Cisco, join us. What do you think? I, I have to be boring and actually agree, but I, <laughs> um, I, it's, uh, I think it's really powerful in the sense that um, a fundamental law of geography is um, total as first law of geography that states that all things are spatially related, but near things are more related than distant things. And Tobler modified that law to actually state that all things are spatially related, but near and recent things are more related than um, distant and past things. And that's a, a really valuable thing when we're dealing with the Internet of things and having real-time information. If we can combine location 
with business data and real-time, we can move beyond correlation and start assessing causation. And I think it's a little bit of a, a mental exercise for our, for our audience. If we were lucky enough as a panelist to be all together in one room, we would be highly spatially correlated. Hmm. If we added business information like who we work for, we find some additional spatial patterns. But what happens if we started adding time to that element? Where was the panel an hour ago? Where mm-hmm. would the panel be in an hour's time? And now we're starting to see those spatial correlations diminish a little bit and we can start seeing different types of patterns. And I think that is where, where the, what burn statements really start unpacking that becomes really powerful when we start combining those, alt- those additional enterprise pieces of information to actionable decisions. Thank you very much. I'm I'm very intrigued with this. Does this require, let me just start with Cisco and go around the table. Does using this new way of looking at data, adding in, integrating the spatial analytics, is this opening up a new job category? Is this for data scientists to do? Who is going to determine the patterns, look for them, identify them, prioritize them, say, this is an important one we need to pay attention to versus, nah, that's an old one, we already know that, or that's not important. Who makes those decisions? Because the data has to be analyzed in some way by someone, or is it turned over to all algorithms now. Cisco, you want to briefly answer that and then we'll go around the table? I, um, it's really interesting because I'm seeing GIS analysts getting their titles changed to data scientists and data analysts. Mm-hmm. And I've seen data scientists and data analysts doing mapping. The difference is that a GIS approach is a spatial approach first, whereas what I'm seeing from the, for want of a better word, um, 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 standard uh, or perhaps um, a co- common approach for data scientists is that the map is a visualization like it is a chart or a table. Um, but doing it from a map-based approach has a fundamentally different type of thinking. And I am seeing definitely those, uh, but leaving that aside, I am definitely seeing those type of uh, analytic approaches being taken out of the hands of the professional and made available to the end user in simple web browsers mm-hmm. or mobile apps or embedded inside of their workflows. But yes, I am definitely seeing um, the, those, um, the data scientist teams, the data analytics teams starting to embrace mapping as a visualization tool, but then teaching them the value of looking at things spatially from the beginning is starting to break through. And then we move forward to democratizing that through web services and simple web apps embedded in existing workflows where people don't have to necessarily think about it, but they have to have certain trust in those algorithms and the, and the way they're presented. Thank you. Good that you put that word trust in there. Let's go around to Bird Fastagloth at here. Bird? Agree, disagree about who gets to use this? Who gets to make the decisions on what's worth looking at? What patterns matter? Bernd? I, I agree um, that we will have GIS analysts, um, and I think that's then more related to preparing the data sets uh, because I need to understand a little bit the location context, Mm-hmm. Um, I need to understand how I link things from a mapping standpoint together. Um, and then it will be a data scientist who helps to, to prepare the, the in-enterprise data set because at the end of the day, uh, I need to make it accessible for everyone. But then the everyone is, uh, is the, the important person because someone from marketing looks different at this data set than mm-hmm. someone from sales, than someone from product management. Yep. Um, still, all, all of them want to ask questions from a location standpoint against these data sets. And if you now think that all, all business units within the company are running to the IT department with their requests, then there's an overload. Um, hence, it's, I think it's, it's the nice thing about this challenge, which we are all uh, having in front of us from a location intelligence perspective. We need to help make this accessible you know, for people who do not uh, fully understand what the heavy lifting in the back end means, but who have their daily business questions and need a quick answer to that. 
Thank you. Very interesting. Dan Exley at Spatialytics. What do you think? Who should be using this? Who who should be empowered or whose job is it anyway? Yeah, I, I, I think that each organization is at some point on their spatial adoption journey. So some organizations have a GIS professional, maybe more than one, because they have a, an asset-intensive industry such as utilities where where that pipe is buried, where there's a junction box or a transformer has been a part of how they figured out how to run their business for decades now. Um, and there's a natural stepping off point to then say, can we equip those GIS professionals with new capabilities such as machine learning within the tool sets that they're already familiar with? But there's a much broader category of organizations and uh, data analytics professionals that haven't got that background in how to think about analytics. Mm-hmm. I think the point was well made originally, which is this is not just about maps or a visualization layer, just like any other chart or graph might be on the result set. It's about finding new results using a new type of analytics, which is location forward, if not location first. And that does have a sense of specialization around it. And I think that's why we see um, so many partner organizations with companies like Esri and HERE looking at how we can help to translate these powerful capabilities into solutions that an individual who is a supervisor in a department in an organization that's never had a GIS product in its existence might start to make those decisions that previously were only unlocked by trained professionals with specialized platforms. Um, And that's where we see so much opportunity to help start to realize new types of benefits because it's been previously untapped. Thank you very much, Dan. And Dan, I'm up to your notes from before the show. I found something here I think is very interesting. Uh, I'm just going to read one statement. There's no need to comment on it, and then I'll get to where I really want you to discuss. You say the global geospatial analytics market, which is what we've just been talking about, is anticipated to grow at a CAGR of around 15.8% percent between 2018 and 2026. I'm going to tweet that, but here's what I'd like you to talk about. This is a next statement is really consumer focused. When your insurance company can determine that your house is a low risk flood zone because of the surrounding topography and a recently planted forest, aha, geospatial analytics are saving you money and helping the insurance company reduce their risk. How, how wide and far does this reach into what will impact consumers every day in terms of their lifestyle and their costs of living. Dan? I would say quite far, and that's why I think that it's possible that the 16% annual growth rate is probably a conservative estimate. Mm -hmm. Um, We look at what's happening for consumers already, and I think consumer expectations drive broader economic engines and corporate expectations, and they drive where innovations occur. Why do we have so many companies right now who identify as We're the Uber of fill-in-the-blank because Uber disrupted and established a new category of expectations for consumers. The example you gave of an insurance company using spatial data to help save money and on their side also reduce risk. The reason why it cost less for the uh, customer was because they knew Categorically, mathematically, they could offer a lower premium because it's very unlikely they'd have to pay out a claim there. Um, But it's not just in Uber where this miracle of the convergence of where we're at in technology with the hyperscales uh, hosts like Amazon Web Services and Google Cloud Suite and Azure from Microsoft give sort of pervasive, fully elastic compute that now can also be applied to spatial data that your device and everybody's got one, even if it's still only a flip phone. And even if you're rich or poor or young or old or global, there's a device very likely that's in your pocket or in your car or both that's keeping track of where you're going and not only where you are now but where you've been and where you're likely to go. Um, And things are happening in very interesting ways on very sort of a B2C model. So how do I go to my phone and click a button and say, I want a sandwich. And the phone app shows me there's a sandwich in stock at the Starbucks down the way. Push this button. And by the time you get there, magically it pops out. By the way, it's cashless payment. It's fully secure. You know, I, 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 the first time I actually did that workflow, I, I mean, I, I, I baffled at how complex that simplistic experience was. But that's, there, there, we, need, we're, we are at a point where we'll start to see that type of, um, fantastical capability 
be a part of not just your insurance company, but your water bill or the way that your city figures out how to bring services to you or how your doctor you know, connects with you so that you don't have to go to the clinic to get what you need. Maybe it's brought to you, whether it's a person or a thing or a service. And we're just starting to get a taste of that. But again, the broader expectation of what does society expect from somebody who they're going to pay to do something for them or whether it's through their taxes or a bill, um, that's shifting and that will drive the innovation to meet those expectations. Thank you. Cisco, join us. Insurance is one of those areas where I have uh, a close association with working with a number of insurers in Australia. And, um, and there's an interesting, really, uh, a really powerful story that came out of the recent California wildfires about the value of location in terms of dealing with that incident from an insurance perspective. And this was a story where the insurance access to high-resolution aerial imagery captured directly after the fires and were able to determine using 7.5-centimeter oblique imagery um, that this particular policy and this particular home had been destroyed outside. They contacted the owner and what they had identified in their, data, in their enterprise systems their policy details, that that person has suffered from dementia. Mm-hmm. So they went through and found the original documentation, found the next of him, and called the next which happened to be her son, and said, hey, are you located at so-and-so, and is your mother so-and-so? Great. Her house has been down. Um, her policy is going to be paid out. Uh, here's the, um, we need some details so we can send you the funds for her dimension there. And mm-hmm. here are, and, and do you need anything else? Does she have accommodation? Does she have uh, access to um, additional health care? And through the information of location, the claims triage process, and having those additional rich data sets that they are able to change the nature of their engagement with their client. And can you imagine what that... Uh, means, you know, because there's only two times that people engage with insurance, purchasing policy and making a claim. If you can smooth that experience out and get the value for that during that experience, they're, a mem- they're, a, they're, they're lifelong uh, uh, clients. And I think that's a, a really you know, a powerful example of how location in a business workflow context for the consumer is very powerful. Thank you very much, Cisco. It certainly is. And let's go around to Bird. Bird, do you have any examples or anything favorite on your mind in terms of the consumer impact, the consumer benefits on an everyday basis or, or a particular part of the population who would benefit from this? I think this is fascinating for our audience because we're taking it out of the just big business level and down into the what, what could this do for you and your family and people you know as well as for your company. So, Bird, any comments you'd like to make on this, please? Yeah, let, let me try to give you two examples. I mean, sure. talk about the consumer perspective. I mean, we, we talked a lot about the insurance, um, but we, we also need to look at, at map data from two angles. There is uh, static data, yeah, meaning a representation of, of things which are not moving, meaning where are all of the buildings, where are the shopping malls, where can I find the pharmacy, um, how is the, the street looking like, what are the rules. And then there's dynamic data on top of this, which is real-time traffic data, which is how people move through a city, etc. cetera. Um, and then the, the more important piece of that information is really that real-time data, which I need to provide. And if we talk about a consumer service, um, at, let's stay in healthcare. I'm having an accident on the road. And um, how, how fast can the, the ambulance come to me? That is, in that moment in time, a very important question. And normally, you would uh, distribute that um, on a static level, meaning, okay, what is the closest hospital? And from there, the emergency central will distribute the vehicle to you. Whilst the real question might be, is that a main uh, arterial road? And is it the rush hour? Then probably from that uh, hospital, the the um, emergency vehicle needs way longer than from a, a hospital which is in the side street and can use way more side streets to get to you, but kilometer-wise it is uh, far away from you. Uh, if you think about these kinds of, of options, and that then goes back to um, what, uh, what Dan said earlier, it's, it's the business model of an estimated time of arrival. How fast can I get things to me and that's then not only for my Starbucks 
coffee uh, or uh, or any in insurance which I can uh, proclaim online because every information needed is already there, but also when we talk about the public services. Thank you very much. Bernd, I'm going to keep you in the hot seat here for a minute because we're officially in the crystal ball predictions round. Time for predictions. I'm going to give you each 60 seconds. Bernd first, then Dan, then Cisco. Sorry for my voice here. <coughs> Going downhill fast, kids. Um, what do you see coming ahead, let's say between now and 2025, in terms of the usefulness or the maturity, anything about spatial intelligence? Bernd Fostedroth at Here Technology, 60 seconds. They're all yours. Go. I think we will see way more applications going towards location first, um, meaning I, I start with the map as a canvas and I search from, from that perspective, see the Ubers, the Limes, uh, the, the scooter sharing of the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, I also think that we will see, I mean, directions that is already a basic feature today, uh, then searching for nearby, but it, then the map and the location first really gives us the leap into personalized recommendations based on where you are, how you go through the city. I don't need to recommend you a discount for a bicycle share if it is raining, um, but also helping small businesses in a local context with local advertisement by understanding way better what is around them. And um, then the second thing in combination with the location, I think, will be voice and visual, like augmenting data on top of, uh, of, of the map yeah? and uh, not only giving you a visual picture but helping you with voice commands through that. Thank you very much. I like the optimism there. Let's go to Dan Exley at Spatialytics. Dan, 60 seconds, all yours. What do you see? I'm convinced that uh, maps and location analytics will become as pervasive in regular old businesses as they are in these fancy consumer-facing applications. Um, This will cross-cut every vertical and every strata in every country, and it's going to be because we will start to rapidly see value being generated in every industry, savings and efficiencies, Um, But it's not just for the bottom line sort of directly. Um, We're also seeing examples where it's helping our trucking companies get their drivers home with their families every weekend, and they can make a promise that that will happen. And spatial analytics helps them solve that proactively with predictive. It's a better customer experience, too, and it can help communities broadly. We've talked about so many different angles here, so I'm convinced this will move from quickly over the next few years from the domain only of the Silicon Valley startups to be something that brings benefit to businesses large and small all around the country and all around the world. Thank you very much, Dan. Cisco Urbina, you're up next. I Oh, I can give you a whole 90 seconds. They were so brief and to the point, Cisco. Got a little extra time for you. Awesome. Please go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Um, I, uh, there's nothing I directly disagree with from, uh, from the previous statements. Uh, let me think democratization of location. I will be a bit... Um, Contrarian and say perhaps the map might not be as central, but behind the scene there is uh, geographic thinking and geographic analysis and using where as a as a core, as a key clause. Uh, the location and the broader industry is not immune to the technology changes, and I expect that location information and location analytics will be a scale big data our base compute. It will be at uh, web services, as authoritative web services that are predictive and use real-time data and learning and artificial intelligence at the edge. And I think we're going to see the combination of those really put how location everybody's hands, whether it be a consumer, whether it be a public uh, good or service, such as services or environment management or utilities, all the way through to businesses that are that need location to make better decisions about their assets, their customers, and their performance. Thank you, Cisco. We're out of time. I appreciate it. I want to thank my three experts. I'll name you in a second, but I have a special shout-out to Arsha. 
Arvandi at SAP, uh, who is taking over for Ru Ja. Ru is on maternity leave. Congratulations to Ru and family. Arsha is doing a wonderful job putting together these panels and topics for our Internet of Things with Game Changers radio series. And Ira Burke, who was the sponsor, thank you so much. Shout out to Aaron Keller, our engineer extraordinaire at the World Talk Radio. Here's my call to action. Bear with me. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. And where will you do that? Well, you're going to probably have to use spatial analytics. Thank you to my special game changers, Bern Fasterlath at Here Technologies, Dan Exley at Spatialytics, and Cisco Urbina at Esri Australia. Signing off. Have a great day, a great week. We'll be back next week with four more live Game Changers radio series. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Internet of Things with Game Changers, presented by SAP, the best-run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. 